You're listening to the NABS Now podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Blind Students, a proud division of the National Federation of the Blind. Now podcast. I'm your host Nina and today our episode is going to be focusing on women's empowerment. So March is Women's History Month and as a result the NABS Now team wanted to bring you an episode filled with women's empowerment, how we can use our voices, and the mentorship that helps us get there. So let's jump right in. My name is Jennifer Bazer. I'm the president of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina, and I am a director or the director of Successful Transitions, which is a program under the National Federation of the Blind. We provide pre-employment transition services to youth who are blind in various areas, self-advocacy, work readiness, mentoring, paid internships, college exploration and tours. We also provide services including assistive technology, braille, and orientation and mobility. Hello, my name is Ever, as a member of the Board of Directors of the National Federation of the Blind. I am a civil rights activist motivational speaker, and an author of a book, Blind Ambition, One Woman's Journey to Greatness Despite Her Blindness. My name is Samantha Flax, and I am currently in graduate school at the University of Minnesota. I am getting a Master of Human Rights degree, so a lot of people ask, what the heck is that? And it's pretty much a combination of public policy and some sort of even sociology type stuff and some international affairs and sort of just a very interdisciplinary program. And I am also the president of the Minnesota Association of Blind Students. I do some social media for NABS. I do social media for the state affiliate. And I recently went back to working at Blind Incorporated as the student affairs administrator. So I've been there part-time again, and it's been really nice being back there. So I'm a little all over the place right now as I get ready to graduate. I'm looking into next steps and figuring out what that means for me. But one thing I really like to do is to talk to people who are in school or just people who want to know about being a student, um, particularly during this crazy time. So I, I don't know what else there is to say about me, except I go between being hyper and exhausted, and I like a lot of nerdy things, and that's pretty much me. So in the spirit of Women's History Month, my first question is, do you have a woman in history who you are inspired by and if you do, who is it and why? That is such a good question. Can I go with sort of two because they're sisters? And yeah. um, Okay, cool. So there are these two women, and they were named the Grimke sisters. And they grew up on a plantation in the South during the early 1800s. And they, you know, their family was very traditional and everything. Anyway, they left their family home and they became abolitionists. And just did all this really cool stuff and like traveled the country. And I 
pick them partially because when I was an undergraduate student at SUNY New Paltz, we were doing this symposium on women getting the right to vote, and my friend Katrina and I had done a project on these sisters, and this this woman who was a historian who focused on Eleanor Roosevelt asked me what I thought like the, the most difficult thing they did was, or the bravest thing, and I said the, the first part where they actually moved away from home, and that sort of has always stuck with me as a thing I try to look at other women, you know, who are, who are different than me and um, from different places and everything. But I think, I think these women sort of show that you can come from a certain identity and still work to make the world better. And they didn't use their position as an excuse. They used it as a means of explaining what was wrong about their environment. So I think that they are really people who I find fascinating. And now I'm losing my voice. So I will try to get that back while you ask me the next question. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> I've never actually heard of them. That's the kind of stuff you don't always get in like history textbooks. That's really amazing. I really like Amelia Earhart. I I kind of I like that because of flying. She was the first woman to fly across the Atlantic, break records of altitude. And I see myself in that kind of analogy of flying and heights and going further and higher. Of course, I started from the ground up and as a member, which is the most important position in the Federation is to be a member. And I still am that and growing and stepping into leadership and just kind of flying and soaring. That's kind of my analogy and never letting grass grow under my feet. So I really like Amelia Earhart and what she did as a woman and taking a flight across the Atlantic and doing this solo. And I love to fly. So I think that that is, that's huge for me as a woman, because you usually see a male in that role. If you look at pilots and and things like that, I mean, every time I get into a plane and you listen to the announcements um typically you hear males yeah so i had a woman I like a man. not too long ago and it's funny i would have said amelia Earhart was one of my top ones too um especially because like the implications for stem and stuff and like fields that women aren't usually kind of permitted in. um but i heard a female pilot i was flying back actually from south carolina i think um and i was like oh my gosh like there's a female pilot i got so excited over this like and it's 2000 uh it was 2020 right and I was like right the fact that I have to get excited about that is a little sad but the fact that like it's it is like little victories ultimately Mm -hmm. coalesce into the big ones so I was absolutely stuff like that I think the first one that I would say that I was inspired by was a next door neighbor I grew up on a plantation in North Carolina and about a hundred miles plus from the plantation was Durham, North Carolina. And I went to live with an aunt and uncle at the age of 10. And the neighbor next door was in a wheelchair. And I was so impressed with her. Anything and everything she did. Of course, she didn't drive, but everything in the house she was able to do. And at that time, I was beginning to experience some of the symptoms of retinitis pigmentosa, such as night blindness, and some things during the day 
I had difficulty focusing on. And I was ashamed to share what I was dealing with with anyone. But she was one person that I felt compelled to just get honest with. And so she's, I would say, was the first person that inspired me to talk and to share. That is so unique because we interviewed um, several women for this podcast. And you are actually the first person who has kind of said that their inspiration was someone in their everyday life when I asked this question. So I find that super interesting how everyone kind of takes it a different way. But keeping with theme, do you remember the first moment that you felt empowered as a woman? And if not, one of the most important moments to you when you felt empowered as a woman? And if you do and you're willing, can you share the story behind it and what it meant to you? I think the first time that I felt empowered as a woman was the day that I actually graduated from the Louisiana Center for the Blind in uh, Ruston, Louisiana. And that day when the freedom bell rang for me, I felt free and felt that I had the courage and the confidence to return to New Jersey and continue to confront all of the issues that I needed to deal with on my job. When I started with the New Jersey Department of Health and Human Services, they started me at the very bottom, uh, which I took a position as counselor trainee. And that was after losing a teaching position, forced to resign because of my blindness. So I was empowered. It's like, okay, I have the skills that I need. No one is ever going to force me to resign from a position because of my lack of skills or or knowledge or ability to do. And so I was empowered. I left that center in Louisiana, went back to New Jersey, and began to move up the ladder. I myself actually just graduated from LCB last August, and so I completely can identify with feelings you talk about. It's a very powerful experience. Um, It's very transformative as an individual, um, and I definitely see what you meant when you said when the freedom bell rang, you know, you felt empowered as a woman, and not even just as a woman, just as yourself. That's extremely powerful. It's such a hard question, because I think so many of the moments that we feel empowered by are sort of they it's not always those big moments it's not the graduation it's not the moment where you really had a realization it's sort of those little moments over time right like those those moments where you realize you're different than you were before or when you do something you're proud of I think one thing for me was when I was at a job a few years ago advocating for myself and advocating for getting more Um, sort of benefits at work, I think was a really meaningful moment for me as a woman, because I know a lot of young women don't really do that and and worry about their work and worry about their sort of quality of work. And so that was an important moment for me. I mostly think of work things and I mostly think of moments where I was around other powerful women and how they made me feel more inspired. So I'd say I'd say that's been a lot of what it is. It's been those little moments over time where I had a very proud moment, either in an academic or in a professional or even in a personal setting when I realized that I could trust myself. I think it's sort of less of one big moment and more of just a series of little moments over time. I would say it makes me feel empowered. I would say raising my children. I'm a single parent. I'm divorced. I'm a single parent of almost eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. And to know that I can raise 
my children independently is empowering to also know that I helped speak for parents in South Carolina to pass the Blind Person's Right to Parent Act. Yes. Um, was huge. Was huge. And seven years ago, seven years ago, I can't even believe that was a long time ago. And I, I, I hear other states right now trying to do the same thing. Yeah, New York is And home. yes, yes, absolutely. So I think that knowing that I have that ability to raise my children without someone taking them away because of my blindness, that helping, speaking, advocating during that process was empowering to me. I had, my daughter was six months old at the time and my son was four and I brought them to those, those meetings with the representatives and the senators and it was huge. It was huge for me. I think that that was probably a huge turning point for me as a woman, as a blind mom. It was powerful to be able to be that voice for so many in South Carolina. And as someone who, oh, see, you're making me emotional. Oh my God. The right to parent always gets me. As someone who actually is from a state who is currently pushing that issue, I have seen a lot of women who are lobbying and of course fathers and stuff too but I've seen a lot of women like myself who don't have kids yet and then blind moms kind of like coming together and so I do just want to thank you for pushing that effort in your state because it gives people and other women like me who do want children a little down the line hope that it's going to be better by the time we push the rest of the legislation through. So that is something that actually empowers me also as a woman um, to watch other blind women kind of paving the way for me and my future children. And that's something that gets me really emotional. Absolutely. And keep doing that. Keep pressing on because it is... Oh, we're stubborn. We're New Yorkers. We'll get it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You're going to rock it. You guys are going to get it done. And actually, I know someone that is on that committee and working to as a parent as a single parent doing it and so you guys are going to get it done I have all confidence that you're going to get it done and please by all means if anybody from New York needs some assistance or my expertise is not in legislation (laughs) but I definitely have a strong voice so anything that I and and you mentioned women who don't have children coming together with women who do and I think it's that personal just like in Washington seminar it's that personal experience it's that I'm right in front of you and you can't ignore this because I'm right here and I have my two children with me is my experience when I when I did that and for you to be in there with them will and knowing that you want to be a parent that you will be a parent a mom that I know that um, that would empower you just to be in those meetings in those sessions um, making a difference so good luck sorry I'm like losing my voice and you made me emotional and we're just we're just having a moment okay (laughs) (laughs) I was like whoa that one hit different a little bit I know you kind of just talked about what this means to you, but I'll ask it just in case you have something else to add. What does being empowered mean to you personally? It means being free to speak and use your voice 
to know the importance of advocating for self. We could sit back and take the discrimination, take the unfair treatment, but it's important to be able to have the confidence and the courage to speak up for self. I feel that I'm responsible for that. There, being a member of the National Federation of Blind, yes, power is in numbers, but it's so important to believe in oneself and to be able to speak for oneself. It's so funny. You keep leading perfectly into other questions I want to ask you, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love that. I think it means to me, as, as I mentioned, I think trusting yourself is really important and feeling as though you're being heard, I think is, is really important and feeling as though others trust you as well. It's sort of this combination of you trusting yourself and others trusting you and you using that position to change things. I think those moments where you realize that you're in a position where you can make a change or you can say something meaningful. And I think a lot of that can involve other people too. Like do other people make you feel empowered? And I think that's a tricky part of it because I think that you shouldn't necessarily need other people too. I think a lot of it comes from within you. But I think a lot of times it's really important to surround yourself with people who empower you. And I think people do that by supporting you and encouraging you and reminding you that you're worth something and that you're good at things and that you have strengths. And that doesn't mean they never tell you when you're wrong, but it means they do it in a, for everybody, but particularly for women, um, particularly with women friends or women family members. I think there's a lot of pressure and a lot of times that women sort of fight against each other rather than working together. And that a lot of times it's usually other people who can make you feel less empowered and, and bring you down. And so I think that working to make sure that you don't allow that to happen, I think is really when you've reached a point where you feel empowered, where you might take what someone says into consideration and they might be right and it might be valuable feedback, but that you don't use that as like, a reflection of who you are as a person. That was a very good answer that I wanted to build on, and then I just like. <laughs> I think I might you now. Who knows? Empowered means to me is having the confidence and knowledge to do things for oneself, and I love that word, empowerment. Empowered. It's a powerful word. And to do things for yourself independently, and I feel like that that is what we strive for in the Federation. So my next question, you kind of actually answered the other ones, but what would you say to specifically women who are struggling or unsure about using their voices or don't really feel empowered and they're not really sure how to start that journey? Uh, we were just talking about mentorship. Um, I feel like that may be a great start. Find someone that inspires you, that you look up to, um, and be able to reach out to them. And some of my greatest mentors were those in the Federation, and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. But it was kind of like always, they, they would come to me and, hey, Jennifer, you may want to think about this, or what do you think about that? Or maybe you should say it like this. And so I think that helped me gain my voice even in how I say things. And a lot of times it's 
not always about what you say, it's about how you say it. Sometimes I never meant to say the things that I said would come across and how they would perceive that. So I think that is a perfect opportunity for mentorship. And in South Carolina, we have that with our newer members and being able to match them and have them to be able to ask questions and have them to even practice using their voices in situations and watch you do something and then you take it in small pieces and have them do it and have a debriefing. But I think it's having that mentorship, it's that experiential learning, but to develop their own voice. Um, It's not about exactly being like someone else. It's how do I take what I've learned from this and this over here and make it into me and who I am. So I love the mentorship aspect and a lot of things that we do in the Palmetto State. That's a great question. And I want to, this has been the question that when you first sent me all the questions a few weeks ago that I wrestled with the most, and it's a question that I still don't have a good answer for, which feels like a cop-out and feels like I'm just not trying to like pick a favorite or something. But I've realized that it is so true that there are so many women in the Federation that have been so influential for me and I don't want to be like, can I give more than one answer? But I really want to. So I guess I could briefly just go through a few topics because I think there's different kinds, right? So I'm in a unique position because my mom is blind and she's been a federationist since before I was born and everything. So I think she was sort of my first female mentor in the federation. But then I think there's other people who I've sort of developed more relationships with that I had to sort of work on cultivating. And so I don't know if you know, uh, you know, people may not necessarily know this, but we have a lot of Jennifers here in Minnesota. And there's sort of three in particular who I think are very active federationists. And when I was thinking about that, I have a friend's kid who refers to them as all of the Jennifers. And that's sort of how I feel in this moment about who I want to pick in terms of like, you know, Jennifer Dunham is someone who, since I moved to Minnesota, I've gone to her about a lot of legislative stuff and really relied on her for teaching me a lot about Washington Seminar and different things like that. And Jennifer Wenzel is our mentor for Manabs. And so it's really nice to have that relationship. And what I like about that one is it's a really good example of like cultivating a relationship that's both personal, like I call her my Minnesota mom, but is also professional because we work together as like a board capacity. So I think it's a really good way of figuring out, okay, when are we going to talk about personal stuff? When are we going to talk about professional stuff? And so I think that that's really valuable because I think one of the most challenging things when you have a mentor is figuring out that balance of like the personal and the professional and the the things with like can friends be mentors and like that sort of thing and so I think that's really important and then our third Jennifer Jennifer Kennedy who is my boss and is delightful and I've learned so much about like blindness philosophy from her and everything and there's so many others particularly here in Minnesota that have just it's meant so much to me to get to know them and I would encourage all women in the Federation and all people of all gender identities to really find those mentors and to cultivate those relationships because I think that getting to know different people of different ages and different backgrounds um, and different races and different identities is is a really good way of moving forward and you can learn a lot. I think a lot about how 
I think there's a lot of different ideas about like what it means to be a woman based on generation and based on what your experiences are. And I think a lot of times, and I I am the, the kind of person who I don't like to use age as any sort of indicator of anything. I'm really passionate about it. But at the same time, I do think there's a lot that younger women can learn from older women in particular about the struggles they've faced and realizing how far women have come. I think about people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who when she first was a lawyer, like there were no female lawyers really. So I think a lot of times, I think people who are millennials or Gen Z and and younger tend to be very frustrated with the state of the world right now. And I think one of the most encouraging things for me is looking at these older women in particular and realizing how far they've come and realizing how lucky we are. And I think it's not to say that there's not still work to do, But I think that it's really important to remember the amount of progress that's happened. And that's why I have it loving, like having these mentors from all different generations and backgrounds, because it gives me sort of like a timeline in a sense, like listening to Judy Sanders talk about her voting experiences for Washington seminar was a really moving experience for me because it sort of showed the, the progress that's been made over decades. So I think that's really important is to sort of acknowledge the work that still needs to be done, but also acknowledge the incredible work that has already been done. What advice would you give to other women who are unsure about how they can use their voice to enact change? Well, there were so many women in the National Federation of the Blind that I feel inspired me. Gosh, the list goes on and on, but there are three particular women that come to mind, and they would be Joanne Wilson. She was responsible for me getting to the Louisiana Center. I would say uh, Sharon Manecki, who truly reached out and believed in me when I wasn't necessarily believing in myself. And of course, Barbara Pierce. So all three dynamic women in the Federation have uh, inspired me, and uh, they helped me to get the confidence so that I could be empowered. And I would say that it's important to reach out, to find a mentor, or to, if someone is reaching out to you, take advantage of that. Don't run away from it, because you never know how that person can help you to be the person that you were meant to be. It's about being your authentic self and finding opportunities. So meeting and being involved with other people is a way to find opportunities. Speaking of mentors, do you have any tips for identifying females, whether in or out of the Federation, who could be mentors and how to foster those relationships for yourself? Uh, Finding mentors. I think someone who can be honest with you. So many times when we don't have the courage to do the things that we would like to do, we reach out to people who are just those who want to make us feel good. But it's not about that. We need to reach out to those who are honest with us, who will encourage us by being honest with us, not just tell us things that are going to maybe at the moment make us feel good, but be truthful to us so that we can grow, understand what it is we need to work on, what changes we need to make. That's important. So finding a person or believing in a person who can be honest with you is extremely important as a mentor. 
I would say to trust yourself, but that doesn't mean you're always right. So I would say learn how to truly be self-aware. I read an article for my management of organizations class last week about how there's two different kinds of self-aware. There's the kind of self-aware where you're sort of more introspective and like aware of yourself internally. And then being the other kind is being self-aware in terms of externally and like how others perceive you. And I think working on being self-aware in those two ways, I think is a really good way to become empowered because it allows you to learn how to perceive yourself as you perceive yourself, but then also see how others perceive you and then use that to figure out how you want to move forward. I think that the hardest part of anything, as I mentioned with the Grim K sisters, is like just taking that first step. So if a woman is, you know, struggling to feel empowered, do one little thing each day, you know, to make yourself feel more empowered and it doesn't need to be a big thing it doesn't mean you march into you know your boss's office or your professor's office and like make a bunch of demands about treating you better but it's about like doing just little things over time that allow you to feel better about yourself because ultimately you have to feel good about you um i've i'm the kind of person i've ran into some trouble before when i've been unsure of myself and gone to others for reassurance and it has sort of led to me being more confused or more upset. So I think learning how to ask yourself smart questions that help you figure out what your next move should be is really important. And then still rely on other people, but also be able to take what everybody else says and then adapt it for what you want to do. Absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I think you've definitely touched on a lot of really good points. And I know I was very inspired listening and I actually got a lot out of it and some tips to try. So I know that our students will feel the same. So thank you. I'm so glad. Thanks so much for having me. I have one final question. Jumping back to something you actually mentioned in the beginning. We have a lot of listeners who love to read. And so I was wondering if you could just give a super brief kind of overview of your book or anything you want to share about it. Because um, I know we have some people who are definitely going to be interested in getting a hold of that. In my book, I feel that the whole purpose of me writing my book was to inspire others. So I talk about growing up on a plantation in North Carolina. I talk about the experiences that I had as a blind person and just never giving up hope and letting the audience know as they read that I struggled too. And sometimes I think we have to admit that we don't have the power to make life fair but we do have the power to make life joyful. That's a choice. And so I would say that one of the things that I share in my book is that success means having courage, determination, and the will to become the person you believe you are meant to be. And I actually just looked it up and I see it's on Bookshare. (laughs) I was like trying to figure out where we could tell listeners to get it. So your book is on Bookshare. Is there anywhere else? It's on Bard. And of course, if someone wants a copy, print copy, they can get it on Amazon. So amazing. I cannot wait to read this. I'm very excited. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Your answers were super empowering to me, and I know that they're going to be for a number of students. And I just really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to kind of talk to us and give us a little bit of background on what inspires you and how to get empowered ourselves. So thank you so much. 
from the humorous to the emotional and the inspiring, we definitely had an amazing episode. This was one of my favorite episodes to host, and I really want to thank Samantha, Jennifer, and Everly for being on with us today, and I hope that all of our listeners took something away from all the amazing wisdom they had to offer. So we'll see you next time on the Nabs Now podcast. Bye.